Hey, it's Tohu Harris, and you're listening to Surly Talks Warriors. Welcome back to the Surly Talks Warriors podcast, proudly brought to you by the team at Ortex. Today, we're lucky enough to be joined by our skipper, warrior number 224, Tohu Harris. Tohu, thanks for jumping on, bro. No worries. Thanks for having me. A good result last Friday night, a 16-12 win over the Tigers. Probably not the polished performance the lads were after, but a win's a win and an important two points. So uh, what do you think were the key takeaways and work-ons from that game? Uh, yeah, it was was a bit um, was a bit of an ugly win. Um, but I, I think, yeah, obviously the positive is is coming away with two points. It's better than the than the opposite, like coming away with a loss. But um, yeah, we we sort of there's a general feeling around the group that you know we're we're obviously not happy with the performance, and and I see that as a good thing. You know, uh, oftentimes getting a result can sort of uh, overshadow like the actual performance itself. So the fact that we're not happy with our performance shows uh, is a good sign that we we know we're better. We we want to get better. Um, but coming away with the two points is obviously um, every every point in this competition is is valuable. So to be able to get an ugly win, that's a that's a good start. Um, so hopefully we can just keep improving our performances uh, moving forward. Yeah, for sure. And there's been some strong individual performances put out there in the first three games. Who out of your teammates has really stood out for you? Is there someone in particular? Yeah, I thought I thought the first couple of rounds, um, Joshy Curran um, really stood up and he's had a good start to the year. Um, you know, players like, uh, you know, Adams, Adams really tried to lead the go forward through the middle. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's a few players that have sort of really stood up, but the, I think the key thing for us is is to have have those good moments or players stand up at the same time. So it's not it's not just one or two sort of each and every week. It's we get we get uh, more and more players you know having good performances together and back to back weeks. So that's that's something that we're really trying to build. You're still making your way back from last year's ACL injury. How's the recovery tracking? Are you back training with the boys? And when can us fans expect to see you back out there? <laughs> yeah, I, I've actually, um, last week, I I joined the group again nice. and did a bit of skills with the team and ran against the ran against the NRL side So um, and, and had another run again today. Uh, so that's that's been sort of nice for the, for the, for the mind. Um, you know, it's it's you have some dark moments um, in rehab, especially these long rehabs, where you're one on one with a trainer, and it's just you out there in the hot sun, just slogging away um, doing conditioning. So to be able to get get the ball in hands and have people moving around you and and going up against the the NRL side, it's it's a really nice feeling and it's a real confidence booster. So um, yeah, I, I think the target's still the same. It's somewhere between round round nine and round twelve. Um, but again, like this, coming into the training with the team, um, I've just got to keep progressing and 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 hopefully not have any setbacks. So hopefully we can sort of keep going from strength to strength. Yeah, nice. I'll, I'll take that as round nine then. And you're 30 years old. You've had an <laughs> unreal career so far. So let's run things back a little. Born in Hastings, I believe. And like most New Zealanders, yeah. you grew up playing rugby union. So how old were you when you first picked up a rugby ball? I think I was six when I first 
picked up a rugby ball. So yeah, it was rugby union all the way through. Um, yeah, six years old. My my earliest memories were, you know, playing in the dead ball area, barefoot, no positions, you know, freezing cold morning, and your know, feet are feet are freezing in the in the frosty grass. And um, yeah, one of the earliest memories is getting a sore foot for, from standing on a corner flag. <laughs> yeah, well, you come a long way from there, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. awesome. And you mentioned playing in the end goal. Did you have, like, brothers or family that played? Yep, yep. So um, I've got three older brothers. Um, I'm the youngest in my family. So, yeah, I, I was – it was always um, – I've never really had big dreams or, or a whole lot of goals or anything. But one of the, I think, biggest ones growing up was, like, I really wanted to play alongside my brothers um, for our, our club team, Tum and Tia, and um, was, was you know, lucky enough to do that before I come over to – or before I moved from Hastings to Melbourne. So when I was about 15 or 16, I was able to play for our, our men's side and um, played alongside my brothers, which is a pretty cool experience. We got a photo of it, so um, yeah, it's one of my favourite photos. Yeah, that's unreal. And how did you make the transition over from rugby to league, bro? Um, I played so mostly union, but there was little bits of rugby league here and there, and um, yeah, and the league and league in Hawkes Bay isn't isn't very strong or or structured, I should say. The the the, the people who love league in Hawkes Bay are very passionate about it, but there's not a whole heap of structure or or anything like that. So um, or or opportunities really. So I, I was pretty pretty fortunate. Um. I was pretty fortunate that I had a school teacher who played for um, uh, Central Falcons team. I think he played alongside you know, Russell Packer when he was yeah. there, but their coach, David Lomax, um, sort of had a relationship with him where he he sort of helped, um, I guess, communicate any opportunities that came up um, for different teams or different um yeah, camps. So uh, he was the one that sort of let us know about the Melbourne Storm camp that I went to, I think it might have been 2007 or 2008, and was fortunate enough to be um, chosen for a scholarship from that camp. And that really sort of was where, where it uh, really took off from there. Yeah, that's unreal. And you mentioned it took off. You played two seasons in the NYC comp and then made your NRL debut in 2013 against the Dragons. Must have been a pretty special occasion for you. What do you remember about that game? <laughs> I, I, I still remember that time pretty vividly. Like I, I played my very first game um, in the World Club Challenge over in England. Yeah. So try too, right? Not, yeah, yeah, it was pretty lucky to be on the, on the end of something, but um, so I remember that time very clearly because we played in uh, minus three degrees over in England. And then two weeks later, we played round one and it was about 40 degrees in Melbourne against St. George. And then I think round two was um, about, uh, was in North Queensland. So it was hot. It was like 30 something degrees and it was just, you couldn't breathe because of the humidity. And then round three was the grand final rematch. So I remember that that month pretty clearly because it was every week was just was just nonstop um, intensity. So yeah, it's it's had a bit of a rough start. It was an enjoyable start. I think I think we went pretty well through that time. But yeah, it was it was a tough start. 
heck of a welcome to the NRL. And then that year was also got even bigger for you. You made your Kiwis debut that year in the Anzac Test. Doesn't get much bigger in terms of a game to debut. So how was that occasion? Yeah, it was it was a pretty strange week to be honest because um, I originally wasn't selected in it, and then I think there was one injury, and I think Jeremy Smith got suspended really late. So then I came into the squad as 18th man, and then day before the game, some Mandarin got ruled out with a calf injury. So then I got pulled into the 17. So it was like a lot of things happened before I was able to. Um, you know, coming to the 17, but yeah, again, it was minus three degrees in Canberra as well. And um, so I, I remember it uh, fondly as well. That's awesome. And you had plenty of success over your time at the Storm, finished runner-up in 2016, went one better the year after in 17. How was that feeling, winning the grand final? Because I can imagine that would be something pretty surreal. Yeah, no, it was, it was pretty surreal. It's uh, one of those moments that... Um, that sort of ingrained in your in your mind that you you never forget, um, and just just like a whole lot of relief too, because there's a whole lot of work throughout preseason through uh, throughout the season, so many games that goes into into that moment. So to to be able to finish the year, and especially with the the disappointment of the year before, uh, to be able to go go out in 2017 against against the Cowboys and and you know, play well and, and have a good game against them and then come out on top was, um, yeah, it was a pretty surreal moment and and um, very memorable. And how was it training and, and playing alongside every week, alongside likes of Cam Smith, Billy Slater, Cooper Cronk, some true legends of the game? Yeah, again, I, it's, I have to pinch myself sometimes that I was lucky enough to to play alongside them and and even now when you see them, it's, it's you know, you on first name basis and and you sort of have those memories together especially when you do are a part of a team that wins a competition with them they you know it's um pretty pretty you know sort of special to be a part of that especially with guys like with that kind of standing in the game it's um you know we everywhere we go we always get asked about them and um to be able to sort of say that I played alongside them and and had shared memories together with those guys is is pretty surreal and final storm question, but you can't talk the Melbourne Storm without <laughs> Craig Bellamy. Just coached his 500th game the other day. Do you have a favourite Bellamy moment or story you can share with us? <laughs> it's not. Um, it's funny. I got asked that before um, before his 500th game, and there's not sort of one moment that sticks out. There's a number of different moments, and I think the thing that the things that stick out to me is his little. Uh, little habits or little things that he does when he is angry um so like oftentimes you come into the sheds and you know you know he's going to be angry and he's just pacing pacing and just the the heavy breathing as you walk past him and you know you know something's coming when he does start talking um just little things like when he does when he does speak when he's angry like the spit that comes out and <laughs> it's little things like that 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 i remember and at the time, you sort of, you know, you you can hear a pin drop, and and he's just going for it. But when I think back on it, those are the those are the moments that sort of make me laugh and and like a smile about when I when I think of moments that he has like that. So yeah, they're they're pretty um, pretty funny moments to think back on. 
One of a kind, that's for sure. And then following that 2017 <laughs> season, you actually signed with the Warriors, a massive signing for the club. So what appealed to you about joining the Warriors? Uh, there was there's a few few reasons. Um, uh, spending, spending obviously, I think it was maybe eight years in Melbourne, um, away from my family. We, we, we were my wife's family in Melbourne, which was, you know, it was awesome. And it made, made being away from my home a hell of a lot easier. Um, but we, we wanted to sort of, um, experience living in New Zealand, my son to, to experience living in New Zealand. And also, uh, professionally was the, to challenge myself, um, found obviously with all the the amount of experience at the Storm, you know they've got Craig there, they've got those those special players that you mentioned before, and and other guys coming up that I found myself I was sort of just naturally just sitting back and allowing those guys to speak, and and I wasn't sort of pushing myself to um, progress. Um, so challenging myself was a big part of come to the Warriors and it sort of uh, forced myself to speak and, um, you know, draw on my experiences and, and try and help other people um, become better players. I think, I think that kind of challenge was really appealing. And you've now clocked up 65 games for the club so far. Is there one in particular that stands out for you in a Warriors jersey? One in particular? Um, that's pretty tough to put my finger on. I, I think, I think, um, it's probably not one game in particular, but there's uh, the the first my first season here when um, really really enjoyed the um, the first season that I had at the Warriors when uh, playing on on the edge with you know Sean Petahiku and David Fusatua. I think we had some pretty pretty cool moments throughout that season um, where at times it felt like we were pretty you know we, we could we could sort of do whatever we wanted against any side in the comp. So I think when, when you sort of get into a rhythm like that, when you get combinations like that, that always that always feels pretty special. Yes, and you had huge seasons in 2020 and 2021, winning back-to-back Simon Mannering Awards for the best player in the club. That's pretty unreal achievement and no doubt one you're pretty proud of. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's uh, especially for um, you know who the award's named after. That, that I think that in itself is is you know pretty special to be um put in the same sort of bracket as as uh simon he's the, th- the things that he's done for the club that he's done for uh new zealand rugby league um they're, they're huge and and just what he stands for as a player just the amount of work that he's put in um, so to be to be sort of named alongside or, or in that sort of bracket and especially with the plays we've won in the past like you know obviously how special a player rog was and yeah, ben Mattolino and then you go back further like Steve Price, Ruben Wiki, like all those guys. It's um it's um you know a pretty special group to be um, named a part of. You mentioned Roger there, but you were named in the off-season as the official captain for this year after Roger moved on. So how did it feel being named as skipper? Was that a role that you wanted to secure for this year? It's it's funny, it wasn't a role like um it, it never sort of was a role that I had thought about until obviously Rog made the call on his career. Um, Cause obviously he, he was undoubtedly the, you know, the leader of our club. And um, so when he sort of made that call, then it, then it sort of, um, you know, you had to start naturally start thinking about that, but um, it wasn't, wasn't something that I thought of lightly. 
And and I thought if I were, were to take on the role that I've really got to you know, put my best foot forward and make sure that I'm um, doing justice for the role. So uh, working, as hard, working as hard as I can to, to build something here or, or to put things in place. So um, hopefully I've been doing that. But um, yeah, again, it's it's every day is a work in progress and and I've, I'm lucky that I've got a good support group around me, a good leadership group around me that we, you know, we trust each other. We, we're constantly communicating with each other. So it's, 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 I'm, I'm not there standing up there on my own. There's, there's a good core group of us that, um, that lean on each other. Yeah, nice. And speaking to some of the new boys like Ash and Aaron Pinay in the previous weeks, they mentioned the team's focus around heritage and, and culture uh, which has been awesome to hear, especially with you guys being based away from New Zealand for so long. So being of Māori descent yourself, is that something you guys wanted to push this season? Yeah, yeah. Um, one one sort of glaring thing that we we sort of identified as a club, so um, you know, CEO Cameron George um, you know, had spoken to me about was, was this club having an identity and having a connection to, to where we come from. So Building that has been a huge part of obviously the off season and through the preseason, um, and finding different ways how it relates to us on the field as well. So um, we've, we've got a number of guys that have haven't set foot in New Zealand. Uh, they haven't had that, but we're trying to build a connection to New Zealand for those guys so they can sort of feel where we come from, where um, what it's like for us as as Maldives or even Pacific Islanders. So it's um, yeah, it's something that we're we're continuously working on. Something that we've worked really hard on through throughout this off season and preseason to to put in place. That's great to hear. And with the border restrictions easing over here, it's been confirmed that the boys will finally play back at Mount Smart against the Tigers July third. How excited are you and the rest of the squad to finally be back and play at home for the first time in exactly one thousand and thirty eight days? Not that anyone's counting, <laughs> but. <laughs> Honestly, well, we can't wait. It's um, you know, there's there's soon as the border border um, announcements were made, um, we had people sort of asking if we could we could go back straight away. But um, obviously, we're we're very fortunate for the places that we have um, lived in and and um, the amount of care that's been put in place for us. But you know, home's home, and and you know, everyone, every single person in this club is looking forward to getting back to Mount Smart um, and running out on, on that field again and, and hearing the crowd, you know, that's, that's a big sort of driving factor for us is, is our loyal support um, support base that haven't been able to watch any, any live games, any rugby league live and um, being able to run out in front of those guys is, is going to be a pretty special moment. We'll be there, surely a full house. And then in terms of personal goals, what are your goals for the 2022 season, bro? What would you like to achieve this year? Um, I don't don't have any sort of personal goals for myself, but um, obviously with all the things that we put in place, the, the you know, culture and heritage stuff, is my goal is to, is to drive that and have that as a big driving factor of, of the club's success. Um, I know, I know. Like people, people viewed success very differently. But um, what it, what it looks like for me is obviously um, the 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 pride that people have in their own cultures. Uh, we're showing that for the club. So 
instilling pride back into this club, into this jersey, um, showing that we we care about it, showing that we care for each other. And um, oftentimes when a team cares about each other and, and they show they care, they go out there and they put it all on the line. That's, you know, oftentimes that's when you get success on the board. But um, I think, I think, having something to care about and and having that drive is is what's got to come first so um yeah my my goals is is to help drive that you're getting me fired up just listening that's awesome <laughs> and, and uh, finally before we get into the quick fire stuff i need to ask you this because it's come up a fair few times when talking to the other boys your music taste you've copped a fair bit of heat on here for being the last guy that the lads want on the orcs cord so what's the deal here bro because it's been mentioned christmas carols in the gym shawnee and the boys they weren't happy what's the go well that's that makes me happy to hear that they're complaining about it um yeah no i've I've been i'm in the middle of a nine-month rehab so i can so me looking for any sort of win i can get is or any sort of enjoyment I can get. So if that's me getting on the uh, getting on the music in the gym and forcing them to listen to Christmas carols right through December, then then I'm going to do it. Because if I, if that gets me up, then I'm then I'm doing it. it. It was a very enjoyable month just seeing the seeing the pain on their faces when they had to in the middle of a um, hour long sort of conditioning session and and there's people like Michael Bublé or Mariah Carey singing and (laughs) it was that they weren't they weren't happy but it put a smile on my face that's bloody good and some of the quick fire (laughs) ones your top three players you enjoy watching in the NRL at the moment top three players um I'm I'm gonna give guys a rapid you know everyone goes for the exciting sort of you know fullbacks or whatever it is I'm gonna say uh, Jazz Tevanga, um, so players players like that. So Jazz Tevanga, Dale Finucane, and um, who's another? I'm gonna, I'm gonna give my mate Peter Hiku a wrap. Nice, a few of the workhorses. I like it. <laughs> and uh, favorite things to do outside of footy, mate. When you're not training, what do you like to do? Um, yeah, there's a few things. We've got a we've got a bit of a, a gaming crew. We um, so we usually sort of playing. Call of Duty, uh, a group of us doing that during the night. Other, other than that, um, of like reading books or or building Legos with with my son. That's awesome. And, and if you could play for any other professional sports team in the world, bro, who would it be? Green Bay Packers. Oh, Aaron Rodgers, man. <laughs> yeah. Jack, you wouldn't have Big been Packers happy with fan. that trade, eh? You wouldn't have been happy with that trade. Well, no. Got to got to see what what the what the long-term plan is i don't know what, what they're thinking but that's what it is it hurts. And what's your go-to <laughs> post-game feed or like cheat meal if you feel like you've earned something a bit different uh my ones my ones are i i guess it's, it's probably a daily thing but i i eat a whole lot of whole lot of chocolate um that's <laughs> it's a it's a proper addiction that i need to probably address but um yeah chocolate's my go-to you're One thing alone. that actually, Reese, um, he got put onto from from someone who got mentioned earlier. He got uh, Reese got told about it, but there was a, um, a particular cheesecake brownie that I used to I used to get. He got told from one of my ex teammates that about it to, to ask me about it, but that brought back some good memories. 
That's good stuff. And then run it straight challenge, bro. You have to run it straight at one other guy in your team. Who's the last person you'd want to run it at? <laughs> um, I, I, I'm, going, I'm going to say Jazz because he tackles with his legs, trips people up. Dirty, eh? <laughs> He's a grub. <laughs> and some three quick listener questions. First one comes through from Reese Kimber, and he says, what's your thoughts on the young edge forwards coming through the system at the moment? Are there a couple in particular that have impressed you at the club? Yeah, obviously, uh, there's a few exciting edge forwards. Like I mentioned, Joshi before, um, Ali Kartoy, is, he's very, very raw. He's, he hasn't got much experience in rugby league, but he's shown a lot of promise. Um, but there's, there's guys like... Um, Jacob Laban, who's um, you know, 17 years old, he's come over and he's training, training with us, and he's he's really, really doing doing well, and he's got a big future ahead of him. He's a hardworking guy who's got all the you know physical attributes, so he's um, he's going to be exciting in the future. One to watch. And Dan Shaw says, "Who's your favourite teammate, past or present, that you've played with?" <laughs> that was, that's a hard one. Um, <laughs> Yeah, well, there's there's yeah, that one that one's really hard. Um, there's guys obviously the the go to guys are uh, like the big three. Um, there's players like here at the Warriors like Rog and Sean and you know, played with Simon and things like that before. But um, you know, but it's 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 a real sort of understated players that um, that you really enjoy playing with. So like a guy like Brian Hinchcliffe, um, who played at the Melbourne Storm, he was it was really good to play with him because he did a lot of the the things that you don't see and but they they really helped his teammates. So um so there's guys like that. Jazz has a bit of that in him when he when he's, you know, really focused. And yeah. um so it's it's guys like that that, you know, teammates like love playing with those guys because they they put their body on the line for for you and it makes your job easier. And last one from Tyler Jones, and he said, "Does you, did you have a favorite Warriors player growing up? Favorite Warriors player? I didn't. I didn't watch a whole lot of league. Obviously, I grew up watching rugby union, um, and then when I did start watching rugby league, it was when when I got the scholarship to go to the Melbourne Storm. So when I watched watched it, I was watching the Storm. But um, during that time, I got to see the you know the O eight finals where the Warriors beat the storm um so like I, I and during that season there was I think Wade McKinnon had a really really good season so I, I like seeing him play um and obviously you know Simon he's he's an easy easy one to choose but yeah because I, I only started watching sort of rugby league around that time around that 08 um 09 season and and Wade McKinnon was really um really good to watch then wouldn't have picked that that's awesome cheers for jumping on the podcast bro been unreal to have you on and looking forward to seeing you lead the boys onto the field later on this season so thanks for your time and all the best for the weeks ahead no worries thanks for having me